Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. And before we dive into my special guest today, I want to take a moment to let everyone know that we're broadcasting the This Just In radio show again live from the HIMSS annual conference. The HIMSS conference this year will be in Orlando, Florida, starting on February 20th. We already have another great slate of CEO, CIO, leading care providers, industry thought leaders, and certainly policymakers joining the show again. Some familiar faces, but also many new. Much to come from the HIMSS media team in the coming weeks, but we'll do our same two-day format and broadcast live from the show floor February 20th and 21st. We're even having a special stage built to resemble the ESPN College game day look and feel. So hopefully everyone's registering for HIMSS 17 in Orlando and you'll come down and check us out. That's guaranteed to be another fun, informative, and just an all-around great time. But for this episode, my 83rd episode, we're going to speak with a good, longtime friend, Wayne Oliver. Wayne is the Executive Director of Patients for Fair Compensation and Vice President of Jackson Healthcare, a terrific local company that we'll talk a little bit about as well. But welcome to the show, Wayne. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate you having me. You got it. It's great to have you in studio because let's just say you've been around the block. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, um, all, all of the wrinkles and gray hair prove that the blocks have been many. <laughs> now, well, uh, when I was thinking about this segment, uh, and specifically, we're going to focus on what a new administration, a new White House, uh, Trump presidency, and some foreshadowing. Basically, we're going to have you pull out your crystal ball. Um, but uh, we're all going to benefit certainly from your perspective and your insight. Um, but you are a very well-known healthcare policy leader, um, spoken for decades on um, a range of health, pharmacy, and healthcare topics, as well as transformational solutions. And that's kind of where I met you. Um, but uh, but your background working directly with governors, Congress, state legislatures, other national leaders, uh, just would be very relevant. So you're one of the best people that I could think of to have on the show today. So um, thank you for joining us in studio. And again, we're going to, we're going to talk about um, into, for all of my listeners, legislatively, regulatory wise, executive order, um, all the things that we might see in the coming weeks, months, uh, and years from. Uh, well, we don't, we don't have very much longer to wait. I mean, <laughs> it's don't. right it's around good. the corner. And um, I, I think the, the, the one kind of overwhelming driving theme that you're going to see is things are going to be different, very different than business as usual in Washington from, you know, drain the swamp to, um, to trying to really give power back to the states to, to, and to focus on what, you know, Mr. Trump's real skill set is, which is, you know, building things and creating things. So it'll be, um, it'll be fun. Yeah. So, very good point. Um, before we dive in too far, give my audience a little background. I know you fairly well, but um, a little bit of background. Right. Where'd you grow up? Um, and uh, and you have a checkered past. So how did you get into healthcare? Yeah, well, checkered is an interesting <laughs> word. Um, uh, I have been in health policy uh, my entire adult life. I grew up in Albany down in Southwest Georgia, went to, um, went to Mercer and Macon and 
Um, I went to law school and came out and figured that I really didn't want to practice law and um, uh, then was kind of put into a, to an opportunity within healthcare to do innovative health policy. So I uh, did that for about 20 years when I was recruited by um, former Speaker Newt Gingrich to work with his healthcare think tank, the Center for Health Transformation, which was just a wild ride. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where I met that, you. That's where yeah. we met yes. and, um, you know, had met so many fascinating people from Hillary Clinton to John Kerry to um, literally governors and, yeah. um, uh, you know, congressmen and senators. And it was just a it was just a fun ride. To, to really focus on innovative solutions. You know, let's, let's look at real problems mm-hmm. and then create real solutions. And sometimes that's, um, that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yes. Change is, um, is it, uh, my, yeah. my friend, Andy von Eschenbach, who is a former FDA commissioner and, and former CEO of um, uh, MD Anderson said, you know, the only thing that likes change is a six month old <laughs> baby with a dirty diaper. So, you know, but, but things are going to be different. The change is going to come to Washington yep. and whether you're a lobbyist or whether you're a, um, a, a congressman or a senator, uh, th- things are going to be very different because this is a apolitical president-elect and yeah. things are going to be different. Yeah, no, actually, very good point. And for all my listeners, we I'm fiercely bipartisan. I don't try to get too, uh, too involved or involved at all in partisan politics, but I think it goes back to what you just said, looking for real American problems and real problems that we have in our healthcare system. We as taxpayers, um, we as citizens, and then looking for real, practical, innovative solutions. And so that's what the show's all about. Um, and so that's kind of, and, and you think like that, and that's why I wanted to have you on the well, show Well, you know, again, uh, uh, Speaker Gingrich, I don't know that he created the term, but um, he talked about tripartisan. Hmm. So, um, uh, y- you know, uh, try and find those, those yeah. policies um, where the American people are. You know, they're not necessarily Republicans. They're not necessarily Democrats. Um, there's a, bu- a bunch of folks who are fiercely independent. And, um, y- you know, solutions are not necessarily partisan. So try and find those, those tripartisan uh, type issues that solve real problems um, yeah. and that meet the needs of um, – uh, of Americans. Yep. No, excellent point. So before we dive into the administration, some things that we can expect beyond change, um, tell us, because I met you during, the, you mentioned the Center for Health Transformation uh, in that process. Right. And um, I mean, we had global industry leaders like Vincent Frakes and David Merritt, uh, and certainly Dr. Van o- Andy Van Oschenbach that you mentioned, um, uh, all involved. But um, but tell us about your experience there, and you talked a little bit about it. But... It, it. It was uh, what you learned. It, well, oh, I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, first off, that um, that Speaker Gingrich is just an extraordinarily gifted individual. Yeah. He thinks um, faster than I think anybody else thinks uh, yeah. that I've ever met. Um, um, <laughs> thinks very fast. Go- Governor Purdue, uh, yeah. Sonny Purdue, uh, once said, "Listening to Newt is yeah. like drinking from a fire hydrant." Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. That you. You better be ready. Um, you you better be prepared. You better know your stuff. <laughs> so, so these are a few things that I um, that I learned when I was with the center. But that 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 really the American people, um, you know, they're smarter than we think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. all the prognosticators leading up to this election, for example, exactly. discounted 
um, the candidacy of Mr. Trump and um, had had all but coronated um, Mrs. Clinton um, as president. And, you know, the American people are smarter than all the pollsters. They're smarter than all the pundits. <laughs> they're smarter than all the smart people that are out there. And, um, you know, I think they got it right. Yep. No, nope, I, I agree. Um, smarter than a lot of us, even. Indeed. Because <laughs> I, I don't think I foreshadowed it at all. So, yeah. Um, all right. So now... I see you reaching back into your back pocket right now. You're pulling out the crystal ball. Um, let's talk about some of the things. Um, and so let's start off uh, maybe with the um, with the Trump administration. Yep. We'll start there and then work our way maybe to the White House in general, sure. then maybe into Congress sure. and, and so forth. And um, so starting off with uh, with Trump administration, what do you think some of the things that we're going to see over the neck of the coming weeks and months? Well, um, you know, thankfully, he's he's put a roadmap out there. Yeah. You know, you know, before the election, he said, you know, this is what I'd like to my do in my days, first yeah. hundred days. That's right. um, and some of those uh, ideas are going to stick and mm-hmm. some of those ideas are not. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, how do we how do we drain the swamp? How do we change the system, the culture of Washington? To make it work, because the American people clearly indicated with this most recent election that that Washington business as usual is not going to work anymore. And so what does that look like? You know, whether that looks like term limits, which I don't mm-hmm. think Congress is going to embrace, but right. I think the administration yeah. would like to. Yeah. And to, do the American people embrace that? Well, you, the, you know, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a lobbyist, right? Yeah. I mean, at, at my very core, I'm a lobbyist. And, you know, what term limits do, um, like them or not, um, it empowers people who are not legislators. So it empowers lobbyists. It empowers bureaucrats. It, in, it empowers things that have been around for a long time. Again, Dr. Mm-hmm. Von Eschenbach, um, you know, when he yeah. came in as FDA commissioner, um, you know, looked around the room at all these senior staffers that had been there for two and three decades, and they look at him and go, yep, you're the summer help. So, <laughs> right, uh, right. again, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting under a Trump administration how those entrenched federal bureaucrats, right. you know, are going to respond to, you know, we're going we're gonna to kick over the apple cart. Yep. Yeah, and I think for all my listeners, um, this segment is made for you in the way around business strategy. There's going to be so much change. I think that's what's important to this show and important to me near and dear. And I had this conversation with my last guest was around why public affairs, public policy, government affairs is so important to 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 business strategy because you need to know how to operate your business in this type of a climate. You need to operate how to legislation affect you? How does legislation affect you? How do public policy, how do executive orders, how do they affect your business? How do you navigate them? And a lot of people ignore it. They don't, or they just think they're intimidated by it, but you've got to engage the process. You've got to learn, even if you're not trying to influence it, you just got to understand how it affects you. So that's what this segment is all about. That's exactly right. And, you know, how do you, you know, how does business prepare for that Trump administration, which would be very different than the approach under a Clinton administration, for example. I think, I think you have a businessman for the first time in the White House for for a long time, not someone who grew up in policy or politics, but someone who grew up in the world of business. I think that's good for business people. Mm -hmm. I think you'll see Mr. Trump gravitating to those things that he knows how to do. He's he's in the construction business, right? Mm -hmm. He builds resorts and he runs and manages those resorts. I think you'll see um, an investment in infrastructure, for example, because he understands construction. So, that means jobs immediately, right? right so, right. shovel know, ready. Shovel, yeah. 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 <laughs> to, to, to use the former administration's Correct, term, right, right. but you know those shovel ready projects. You know we've got bridges and um, 
you know, intersections and all kinds of things. All you have to do is look at Metro Atlanta and go, wow, yeah. all the projects that we've got going on here, you know, a billion dollars down at 400 and 285, another billion dollars at 75. Those are, those are real projects that employ real people. Right. And I think you'll see, um, I think you'll see a Trump administration really focus on improving that infrastructure. Very good point. And I think you even lead me to another point, which I know we've seen a lot of, but we're seeing even more of our companies touting their job creation. We, I've never seen this in my lifetime where people have actually not my lifetime is not quite as long as your lifetime, but it's, it's easy. Yeah. Nah. Um, but uh, in my lifetime, I've never seen companies at this rate publicize a thousand jobs, 10,000 jobs, 50,000 jobs, whatever it is. And then they're proud to bring these jobs to America. Well, and it's kind of cool. You know, and I think the, the president-elect has done a pretty good job of saying, you know, we want jobs back. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think that there's any pretense that, you know, he's going to fly a big old plane over to China and land it and bring all those jobs back. back. Right, correct. But at the same time, I can see innovative state policy. So you saw Governor mm-hmm. Mike Pence, then right. governor, right. now vice president-elect, yep. Um, uh, Pence, go to carrier and create um, incentives to keep jobs in America. And I, I, you know, I think that's one thing that the that the president elect will bring is that kind of business acumen that says, hey, if you decide to go offshore. That's right. You know, it's not going to be as attractive as it once was. So stay here. Develop jobs here. And, you know, whether it's through innovative tax policy or tariffs or whatever else. Um, to try and create incentives for those businesses to stay here. Yeah, and this is not a Trump thing even because, I mean, our good friend Chris Carr yep. has been doing that here and, and even Sonny Purdue and um, um, even Deal. They're committed, even um, Chris Kaminsky before Chris Carr. Right. Know, all the economic right. development commissioners and governors, they're focused. Our states are focused on, but we need some, it's cool to have federal help because right now we're doing all state-based. That's exactly right. It's great to have now like a one-two punch. You got sure. local, you got regional, and now you got national people all working together to help the American worker. Sure. That's strong. You know, and, you know, I see, uh, you'll, I, I think you've probably heard it in the campaign as well. You know, whether it's NAFTA or whether it's any other trade agreement, um, I think most of those will be re-scrutinized. Um, you know, China's monetary policy, for right. example, you know, they're they're going to look at it very carefully yeah. to say, hey, if these guys are playing with currency. the numbers. Yeah, manipulating currency. Yeah, um, yeah. Y- you know, then that's not necessarily good for the American people. And therefore, maybe we don't need to be doing as much business with you as we once thought we would. Right. And so, yeah. And I think this is what everybody I think, th- so I think is a very positive message here. But I think also for, for a business climate. But also, I think that, uh, and, and thankfully, most of my um, listeners are either entrepreneurs or CEOs or healthcare executives. So, um, but also with all this comes a lot of um, change. Sure. Like you mentioned. Sure. So, we certainly do want to um, to keep a respectful eye to change. I mean, I, I think the only thing editorial I'll say, because this is, even though it's my show, it's about my guests and what my guests have to say. But um, you and I have known Tom Price for a long time, and I'm sure you've known him longer than I have. Um, but... Um, well, I think the world, Dr. Price, first off, um, yep. he, he was, he, well, I guess he still is my personal congressman. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, uh, he is, um, he's right. a very, very smart individual. I've known him since he first ran for the Georgia State Senate and was a leader there. And you could just tell at some point in time, you know, he was going to take it to the next level. And then when he was elected to Congress, it didn't yeah. take him very long to kind Rise. of... He that, rose that, quickly. Sure and, you know, uh, led the um, the budget committee, this this most uh, yeah. past recent Congress, and now is really going to be the chief architect for 
the 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 Obamacare repeal and replace uh, issue that we all we all know so yep. very well. Yep. And I and I think that um, on a positive note, all well, this is going to be changed, and it's going to certainly affect you know insurance carriers. It's going to sh- affect every American regarding health insurance. It's going to affect certainly pharmaceutical companies. Yep. It's going to affect a lot of people. Um, and with all due respect to that, I'm not going to you know. There's a lot there. How and we're going to see a lot of that rolled out. But I do think that Tom, being an orthopedic surgeon for over 30 plus years, he cares about patients. He cares about his peers. He cares about us as Americans. He's budget focused. He's budget conscious. Um, he's a no BS guy, to right. be honest. Right. He's a very straight shooter. And um, I think even with some of the programs like the MIPS and the quality payment program that was wrapped up, rolled out under MACRA, while he's going to put his, probably his personal stamps come 2018, 2019, I think those stamps are going to be along um, ease of use. He's going to make sure doctors, uh, the burden on them is, uh, is lessened or even is respected so we don't push too hard. Um, and I think the quality reporting is going to ease for physicians. So I think he's really going to look out for care providers, but in a very beneficial way. Well, you know, again, we can argue the merits of Obamacare and what its intended um, goals were all day long. Right. You know, however, you know, what I think Dr. Price and, and President-elect Trump are looking to do is to bring a real business-like approach you know, you can't just pull the rug out from everybody who currently right. has coverage. Right. So we've got to create solutions, um, and those solutions are going to be based in the in the private market, not not top down driven by the federal government, but rather, you know, what what can we do to help encourage business to take care of of healthcare, and it's it's going to empower employers because again, I think you'll see. Um, uh, you know, companies rewarded for, you know, providing a, a, a decent benefit package for individuals. I think you'll see some innovative tax policy that will allow individuals who purchase individual um, uh, products to be able to deduct that from their income taxes or maybe even an income tax credit. Um, you'll see innovative um, um, private sector-based programs, you know, like health information technology that right. that helps improve um, the lives of both doctors and patients. Yeah, very, very good point. And just an editorial note for my audience. Um, we, I usually don't talk politics in the show because it's a business-focused show and it's a strategy and innovation-focused show uh, in healthcare in general. However, and we, you hear a positive tone from Wayne and myself, and it's not because we're cheerleaders in any way, but that's just, that's just kind of, we are, we are optimistic people. We are um, positive-type people. We always try to look for the good. Uh, right. And we navigate whatever we've been handed successfully. So well, I think that's just a good strategy you, you, overall. You, you know, you got to play with the hand that's your dealt. Correct. And, that's right. That's very you know, important for everybody. We, 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 have a, we have a Trump administration that right. wants to do some pretty bold things in its first hundred days. So, you know, I think, you know, fasten your seatbelts is going to be a, a fun, wild ride. Yep. And I can talk very positively about the last four years and a lot that we've accomplished, certainly around health IT, getting technology injected into the middle of our healthcare system. Um, and again, you know, yeah. that's not, you know, quality healthcare and improving metrics and improving yeah. outcomes is where we ought to have been all along. Right. And that's not necessarily a Republican or a Democratic issue. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, what's what's best for the American people. And so, you know, to, 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 to create those opportunities is very exciting. Yeah, to prove that even MACRA was passed, was a full bipartisan, full bicameral support. Absolutely. Went right through. That Absolutely. Was the, so, um, so now moving right along, 
What um, what legislation or regulation are you most closely tracking? Sure. Well, obviously the repeal and replace mm-hmm. issue. Um, you know, again, I've spent my entire career in health policy. Um, Obamacare was the Affordable Care Act was one of the most um, contentious, but yet. Um, uh, important changes that um, we as Americans needed to make. I mean, it was not appropriate. I don't think it was appropriate. And I don't think anyone would defend going back to uh, insurance carriers being able to cherry pick their right. um, their folks. So, yeah. you know, pre-existing conditions. That, right. that makes a whole bunch of sense. Yes. Um, the, the, the expanding health care for, you know, 26-year-olds, I mean, who were still, you know, just early in their career, they had parents who had coverage. Mm-hmm. To extend that makes a whole lot of sense. Yep. To create guaranteed uh, renewable and guaranteed issued um, insurance policies. Um, that th- Those are just kind of common sense, kind of business-like approaches. So yep. those those things within Obamacare, I think, will stay. Will stay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, cr- again, creating incentives for individuals to get coverage. Um, because if you take away the individual mandate and you take away the employer mandate, then how are you going to ensure yep. that folks get are covered, are, yep. get, get coverage? Yep. So, um, you know, I think you'll see a, a wide range of things from health savings accounts to flexible spending accounts to, you know, increased um, opportunities for folks to to get coverage through their employer or in an individual market that is competitive. Um, whether that's cross state, sell, you know, cross state line yep. selling, or all of those kind of things that, um, you know, the, that are, you know, are private sector based, yeah, they'll drive down costs, really stabilize the rate of growth. Absolutely. So that's what we're. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think you're going to see anything let up even on because um, we know there's things that we can do um, around what you just spoke about, but I think also directly affecting healthcare, quality of care. You're, you, you, so much progress has been made over the last six to eight years in, you know, accountable care, shared savings, um, value-based medicine, macros through more, more reimbursement tied to performance, tied to value. You're not going to see any slowdown in that. Um, and that hopefully again, we'll go back to the, the, the theme of it's not going to, we're not going to ever see healthcare costs go down, but if we can stabilize the rate of growth that, is, that or the stabilize the rate in which it's growing, that's exactly right. We'll be okay. If it's, if we can make it grow at, or slow it down to grow at 1.8, 2.2%, that's fantastic. You keep up with inflation. Exactly. I mean. But when you outpace inflation, it's totally unsustainable. I think that, you know, we, our Medicare trust fund runs out, I want to say in 2026 now or 2025, somewhere in there, 2027, it got kicked out. It was at least going to be 2023. 2021, 2023, now it's kicked out of 2025 because we have been able to stabilize some of the rate of growth with a lot um, more distance to go. Well, and and I think we're, you know, as a society, we're doing a whole lot better um, uh, understanding the true cost of healthcare. And if you see things like health savings accounts where I've got skin in the game, where I've got yes, to, that's right. you know, if I, I can go to, to Wellstar and, and my, my CAT scan is going to be X or I could go to Piedmont and it's going to be X minus Y. That's right. Why wouldn't I want to go to Piedmont? That's right. So, I, you know, I, I think you'll see that increased competition, not only among providers, but also, um, you know, within health plans, you know, incentivizing um, wellness and and outcomes based um, healthcare, which is of course what we all ultimately want. So, a couple questions left. We're running lower on time. Okay. However, so what's one thing that might come up in the next hundred days or two hundred days that we haven't thought of? Is there anything out there that you said be, be on the lookout for this this flyer? Well, yeah. um, 
you know, I, I never say n- never, but, you know, I, I think with a Republican Congress for the first, uh, a consolidated Republican right. Congress for yep. the first time and, you know, a White House that would be um, uh, more favorable towards comprehensive tax reform. I mean, that would be mm-hmm. something that, you know, let's face it, you know, I, I, I used to try and do my own taxes. Right. And, uh, you know, it does not pay. It, it, does, it does not, not pay. pay. I promise and you so you go out <laughs> and you get the professionals to do yeah. that. And but it's it's complex. Extremely. You, yeah. you know, it, the, the, the tax code is like four and a half feet tall. If you were to exactly. stack it on top of each other, yeah. you know, it's got to be simplified. It's got to be simplified for business. It's got to be simplified for individuals. Individuals. And so I think you'll see some kind of, particularly the middle class mm. will get some kind of, you know, the Donald Trump voter from right. Iowa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That guy. Which won the election for him. Whiz That's bang. Right. So I think you'll see him trying to, you know, do, do something around comprehensive tax reform that maybe isn't totally on everyone's radar screen. Yeah, no, it's not on anybody's radar screen, and I agree with you. And that would be that would make a lot I mean, it of would sense. Be, it's, it's almost Reagan esque, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, going back and. Yeah. Taking care of the, the little guy. That's very true. Excellent. So in closing, and you're a great guest. I, ha- I want to have you, you back. We'd love to. Three or four back. guns. This would be perfect. Let's fall back up on our crystal ball. Um, but in closing, I always ask this question of my guests. What is your favorite place to get or be inspired? Where do you go? Well, I, I've got two answers. Okay. Um, my, my first is, in, and I recommend that anyone who goes to Washington, D.C., to go to the Jefferson Memorial. Um, yeah. And just just stand in there and reflect for a little while. Read. There's a there's about 40 or 50 um, quotes that you could take out from three centuries ago mm. and put into practicality Today. right now, whether wow. it is tyranny or mm-hmm. whether it is, you know, the people mm-hmm. and their interaction with government or what their interaction should be or whether it's war or whether it's terrorism all of these things, you know, came out of the mouth of Thomas Jefferson, and it is one of the most inspiring places. Wow. The other is give me a sunset or a sunrise on a beach, you know, cold yeah. beer. And, yeah. um, Amen. <laughs> um, you know, that's, you know, a different kind of inspiration. But, but the Jefferson Memorial is really just a very unique and special place. Excellent. No, fantastic answer, my friend. Wayne, it's great to have you on the show today and have you in studios specifically. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. So thank you. Enjoyed it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you for joining us. Uh, Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustIn so we can respond to your comments from the show. Uh, In addition, all my content will be posted at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week. And hopefully we'll see you in Orlando in HIM17. (laughs) 